essays twenty one and twenty two of the romance of the commonplace by gillette burgess this librivox recording is in the public domain essay twenty one the science of flattery time was when people were less sophisticated and almost everybody could be flattered a compliment was the pinch of salt that could be placed upon any bird's tail but such game is scarcer now and to capture one's quarry one has to practice all the arts of modern social warfare we have for instance been taught to believe time out of mind that women are especially susceptible to this saccharine process that one had but to make a pretty speech and her conquest was assured but what lady nowadays can take a compliment without bridling it is as much as a man's reputation is worth to make a plain straightforward statement of approbation he must veil his meaning so that it can be discovered only by a roundabout reflection whether it be true or not he is held offensively responsible for the blush with which it is received so to be successful one must be politic and tactful one must adopt the indirect method and above all one must escape the obvious to say what has been said many times before defeats the very purpose whether it be good or evil for which we flatter the artist discards the hackneyed compliment and endeavors to place his arrow in a spot that has never been hit before he will compliment a poet upon his drawings and a painter upon his verses if a woman ordinarily plainly dressed has a single effective garment does he compliment her upon that particular costume by no means subtlety demands that he flatter her by pointing out some interesting feature in one of her common frocks without hinting that it is surprising to see her particularly well clad such compliments have the flavor of novelty and are treasured up by the recipient to be quoted long after the donor has forgotten them the tribute of unexpected praise is more grateful to a person than the reward for which he works hardest and is most confident it discovers to him new and pleasing attributes it has all the zest and relish that the particular always has more than the general and besides for the person who happens to light upon some little favorite trick of individuality and to notice and to comment upon it the reward is great such a flatterer is in the heart of the flattered one throned with the authority of discernment he is considered forever after as a critic of the first importance every one has a hobby an idiosyncrasy visible or invisible it is the art of the flatterer to discover it and his science to use it to his own ends flattery is however an edged tool and must be used with care it is not every one who has the tact to decide at a glance just how much his victim will stand he may know enough perhaps to praise the author of a successful book for some other one of his works which has not attained a popular vogue he may have the discretion to banter men about their success with the opposite sex and to accuse women of cleverness but for all that he may often misjudge his object and give embarrassment if not actual affront for all such the safest weapon is the written word this is the ambush from which your prey cannot escape if a letter of praise of compliment or even of deliberate flattery is made decently interesting if it is not too grossly cloying even for private perusal it cannot fail to count 
it has to be paid for by no blush no awkward moment no painful conspicuous self-consciousness no hypocritical denial it strikes an undefending victim and brings him down without a struggle such tributes of praise can be read and re-read without mortification it is a sweet-smelling incense that burns perpetually before the shrine of vanity one compliment written down in black and white is worth any number of spoken words and the trouble that has been taken to commit such praise to paper gives the offering an added interest and importance anything that can be said can be written from the eulogy of a lady's slipper to the appreciation of a solo on the harp you may be sure that any unconventionality of manner will be atoned for by the seduction of a honeyed manner stevenson in his playful decalogue for gentlemen set down as his first canon thou shalt not write an anonymous letter but it cannot be doubted that he would have accepted an unsigned note of admiration the element of time in flattery too is often disregarded few would-be flatterers understand the increased influence of a compliment deferred it is again the same case of the misuse of the obvious when your friend's book appears or his picture is displayed there are enough to compliment him on the spot but your own sympathetic endorsement delayed a few months or even iterated comes to him when he is least expecting the compliment he is off his guard and the shot goes home when i give celestine a present she thanks me immediately of course but that is not the last of it in every third letter or so i am reminded of her gratitude and my kindness there is however a flattery of manner as well as of matter celestine to whose wise counsels i am indebted for many a short cut in the making of friends once laid down for me the following rules for dealing with women first be intellectual with pretty women second be frivolous with intellectual women third be serious and embrassé with young girls fourth be saucy and impudent with old ladies call them by their first names if necessary it goes without saying that such audacious methods require boldness and sureness of touch especially in the application of the fourth rule but even that when attempted with spirit and assurance has given miraculous results in a case where a woman's age is in question action speaks far louder than words perhaps the most successful method of flattery is that of the person who makes the fewest compliments to gain a name for brusqueness and frankness is in a way to attain a reputation for sincerity whether this is just or not it is undoubtedly true that the occasional unlooked-for praise of such a person acquires an exaggerated importance and worth this system is similar to that of the billiard player who goes through the first half of his game wretchedly in order to surprise his opponent with the dexterity of his shots later on but it is an amateurish ruse and is soon discovered and discounted at its true value yet in a way too it is justifiable since unpleasant comments are usually accepted as candid while pleasant ones alone are suspected there is a kind of conscious vanity to which flattery comes welcomely however patent the hyperboles may appear to such persons and there are many a certain amount of adulation oils the mental machine 
they do not believe all that is said but prefer on the whole to be surrounded by pleasant fictions rather than by unpleasant facts they prefer harmony to honesty and though the oil on the troubled waters of life does not dispel the storm it makes easier sailing to others especially if they be creators in any art compliments stimulate and impel to their best endeavor many a man has achieved a masterpiece chiefly because a woman declared him capable of it the question of the object for which flattery is employed is here beside the mark it may be used or misused it may be true or false of itself although to be sure the word flattery has attained an evil significance and has come to stand for counterfeit approval all that has been said however applies to one as well as to the other even when praise has the least foundation in fact it may prove beneficial to the person flattered arousing a pride which creates the admired quality that was wholly lacking thus i have known a man notorious for his vulgarity stimulated to a very creditable politeness by the most undeserved and insincere compliment upon his table manners i have used the three testimonials of admiration as synonymous but celestine says that praise is a rightful fee a compliment is a tip and that flattery is bribery essay twenty two romance en route how tired i am of the question how do you like london and how do you like new york would you rather live in san francisco or paris why indeed should i not like london kalamazoo patagonia bombay or any other place where live men and women walk the streets eat drink and are merry how can i say whether el dorado is better than arcady or a square room more convenient than an oblong one every living space has its own fascination its mysteries its characteristic delights ask me rather if i can understand london if i can catch the point of view of the french concierge if i comprehend the slang and bustle of chicago like them show me the town i cannot like know them ah that is different this is the charm of travel to keep up the feeling of strangeness to the end never to take things for granted or let them grow stale to see them always as though one had never seen them before then and only then can we see things as they really are when i become cosmopolitan world old blasé when i think and speak in all languages i shall fly to some deserted island to study the last most impenetrable enigma myself but meanwhile i can purchase romance retail at the mere cost of a railway ticket i can close my eyes in one city and wake next morning in its mental antipode romance requires only a new point of view it is the art of getting fresh glimpses of the commonplace one need not be transported to the days of chivalry one need not even travel one need only begin life anew every morning and look out upon the world unfamiliarly as the child does one must be born a discoverer thus one may keep youth for the sport never loses color one game won or lost the next has an equal interest though we use the same counters and the same board the combinations are always fresh 
still though one may find this fountain of perpetual youth in one's breakfast glass the obvious conventional method is to go forth for the adventure and get this famed elixir at some foreign and well-advertised spring for this purpose tourists travel taking part in a pilgrimage of whose meaning and proper method they are wholly ignorant in their boxes and portmanteaus they pack not hopes of mystery faith in the compelling marvels of the world nor the wonder of strange sights but instead fault-finding comparisons and prejudice against all manners not their own they do not see in the omnibus of london the automobile of paris the electric trolley of new york and the cable car of san francisco the pregnant evidence of several points of view on life art and commerce but they perceive only grotesque contrasts with their own particular means of locomotion they do not delight in the incomprehensible hurly-burly of civilization that has produced the city man the bounder the coster the hoodlum hooligan and sundowner nor do they attempt to solve the mystery or get the meat from such strange shells instead they see only the clerk at the lunch counter bolting his chops and half-pint the incredible waistcoat of the pretentious blageur or the buttons and moke of the ruffling d'artagnan of the old kent road so the tourist travels with his eyes shut while the true traveller has a lookout on life keen for new sensations to do things in rome as the romans do that is his motto he must eat spaghetti with his fingers his rice and chopped suey with chopsticks or he fails of their subtle relish he calls no western town crude or uncivilized but he tries to cultivate a taste for cocktails that he may imbibe the native fire of occidental enthusiasm in the east he is an oriental he changes his mind his costume and his spectacles wherever he goes and underneath the little peculiarities of custom and environment he finds the essential realities of life to taste all this fine crisp flavor of living not to write about it or fit it to sociological theories but to live it understand it be it this is the art of travel the art of romance the art of youth but there is no baedeker to guide such a sentimental tourist through such experiences as these it takes a lively glance to recognize a man disguised in a frock coat and to find him blood brother to the eskimo well there is a place in utah on the central pacific railroad called monotony the settlement consists of a station a water tank and a corrugated iron bunkhouse the level horizon swings round a full circle enclosing a flat arid waste bisected by an unfenced line of rails straight as a stretched string the population consists of a telegraph operator a foreman and six section hands yet i dare say i would like to stay there a while on the way and perhaps i would taste some charm that london never gave i am not so sure that but that before i took wing again i might not like it in some respects better even than paris End of essay twenty two